Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Gator Sports Podcast with your host, Zach Albuverde. Coming in hot. And Graham Hall. Jumping, coming smooth. Jumping, and the bass gets jumping. Brought to you by the Gainesville Sun and Gatorsports.com. Welcome into the Gator Sports Podcast presented by the Gainesville Sun. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde. Joined to my right, as always, by Graham Hall. Graham, another week here in the Gainesville Sun offices. We got actually employees back in. We're having staff meetings. It's a little bit back to normal. This place is booming, Zach. It's, it's good to be back in the building. And I'm starting to feel the excitement kind of... It's, it's, it's making me feel excited. I don't get excited really easily, but I'm kind of feeling a little bit of anxious excitement because so much is starting to happen right now. NCAA championships and all the smaller sports. And those football coaches that have spent the last two years really waiting for the return of in-player evaluations, they are getting antsy as well, and I can't help but be feeling it. And like always, I wouldn't want to be talking about it with anyone else but you, my friend. Absolutely. And we are going to talk some Gators baseball today with Jeff Cardozo because Florida has a major matchup this weekend against number one Arkansas before they get ready for the SEC tournament. We'll talk to him about Florida's season so far, their recent win against UGA, and also uh, the matchup against the Razorbacks. We'll also get into some softball, men's tennis, a lot of UF sports to talk about today. But Graham, I think we'll lead off with the news that's got Florida fans the most excited probably this week. And that is that it is moving at the University of Florida to full capacity for certainly the Swamp this fall, but a lot of other sporting events here on campus. And a lot of them are going to start up in June. And I think we're even seeing some reports on Wednesday that the Gators are going to be able to have potentially full capacity for the NCAA tournament in baseball and softball. So uh, a lot of excitement there from the fan base. They've been waiting to to pack those stadiums and certainly for the Swamp this fall after what they went through in the 2020 season. I think everybody was grateful to have football, but it was hard for tickets uh, to come by. And and now to be able to get back into what it's used to and maybe have 90,000 plus in the Swamp once again because of the, the vaccines out there, I think everybody's looking forward to that. I know I'm not alone in hoping that this last year of being sedentary, sitting at home, nothing to do, rewatching the same things on Netflix, <laughs> DVR and sports, something I never thought I would do, watch old sports games. I finally understand why channels like NBA Classic exist, ESPN Classic, because, I mean, let's be honest, this last year was a killer in, in more ways than one, especially if you made it out on the bright side, you were just incredibly bored I think this last year and many people, I think my prediction right now is are they're going to return to events in droves Yeah, because people have, you know, they've saved money if, if they were fortunate not 
enough not to lose their job, of course, but they've been sitting at home watching that TV for only so long. They want to get outside. They want to go to concerts. They want to go to games, especially if they're vaccinated. Movies! I, I get this. Oh, man, I've been to the movie theater twice in the last couple of weeks, and I hadn't gone to, since February of last year. I mean, the return was crazy. There was only 10 people in the theaters. But and you went to go see... I went to go see Godzilla vs. King Kong. That's that's, that's how you make your return to movie the movie theater. theater. Yeah. I didn't watch it when it was free on HBO Max, and now we're already going off the rails here, but I had to go see it in theaters. <laughs> and then I saw that new Saw movie with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. So I, I'm really living it up right now, and I know that as soon as we're going to have the availability of 90,000 stadiums. You're going to have men's basketball games full again as well on campus. Everything continues in this direction. And let's be honest, this is not exclusive to Florida. You're seeing this at LSU. You're seeing this at other SEC sites where they're already at 100% capacity as they prepare for this new normal where everyone's kind of just looking out for themselves. If you're vaccinated, you want to wear a mask. It's up to you right now. It's just good to see everything returning right now and soon, too, with the SEC extremely NCAA tournament. Soon. Yeah. Extremely soon. You know, with NCAA regionals, Florida as the baseball team, they're looking at the June 4th, so less than two weeks away, where you could see 100% capacity at that baseball stadium. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I've kind of forgotten at times, due to the reduced capacity, that Florida has a brand new ballpark <laughs> that you, you talk to people around the program, they've been waiting for it to be filled to give Florida that home, you know, home advantage that they have not had not all every, season. Not everybody's gotten to enjoy it yet. They have not gotten to enjoy it. And you know, it's, it's still pretty incredibly cheap in my mind. You can go out there for $10, sit on the beautiful berm that we didn't oh, have man. out there in McKeithen. I know you took it in early in the season, oh, yeah. went out there to the food trucks and, and caught some sun and some great baseball, but not everyone has had that opportunity, and I'm excited to see it here. And hopefully, like we just said, we're less than two weeks away to getting it, Zach. And look, this is certainly exciting for the fans. It's exciting for the players and coaches. They want to see full stadiums as well. But you talked earlier in this pod, Graham, about recruiting and everything that's about to start up in the month of June, but this is what you want to hear if you're a recruit. This is the type of news that you're looking forward to in the fall, because now when you get to go make these official and unofficial visits to these football games, you get to see packed stadiums once again. And just think about what was missed out on last year for the LSU game, for instance. Not just Recruiting the recruiting weekend that could have been had, the the guys in attendance that would have come for that rivalry game, but also if there would have been a full swamp, maybe they gave the Gators seven points and they beat the Tigers. I know you remember that Brad Stewart clip that you had, yeah, a few years ago. I feel like that got a million views, and part of it was a lot of Florida fans seeing the roar of the crowd as that game turned. You didn't really get that last year no, it I was wrote a really story easy. with Naquan Wright about it he was exactly being in, in attendance at that game and how much of an impact that had on him not in a decision making process but just it still made an impact on him and and being able to have that again like you said if that would have been the case for the LSU game can you imagine who knows that's, that's always the biggest recruiting weekend you know you always have one circled um, on every single schedule and you would have had recruits been able to come to obviously other weekends as well other games if you would have had full capacity in those. Uh, so for that to be happening again in 2021, it's exciting, man. Absolutely. You know, we know what home crowds can do for this team. I mean, it can absolutely hinder you. We saw Felipe Franks shushing the crowd a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say that maybe 90,000 collectively would have yelled stop at Marco Wilson so he wouldn't have thrown the, the shoe because it was just an instinct moment. But 
the amount of momentum that you can take away from your home crowd. It's something that this team has certainly missed. How many times do you get on social media, Zach, and see people still talking about that Florida, I think, Auburn game from a few years ago as the loudest game that many people have heard in recent memory. I mean, on said it. I think that people forget how loud the swamp can really be. And it, uh, you know, and you get some Florida fans together, they'll tell you that they're you know not fully appreciated. But many people forget how loud the swamp can actually get, and uh, we need some reminders of that. And think about how that would have affected that freshman quarterback from LSU. He's coming in there to try and make his first career start on the road at the swamp, and he's got to hear ninety thousand screaming fans in a rivalry mm-hmm. game at night. As well. I mean, that was a night game. In the fog, too, he would have had to deal with that and the fans. So I know that they're looking forward to this season getting back uh, in the swamp. There'll be some, obviously, rivalry games that they get to check out. Uh, there, there won't be that trip to Tallahassee, of course. So the Seminoles just get to come right back to Gainesville after that butt whooping that they got. Uh, what was that in 2019 yeah. here in the swamp? So, and obviously, it's always good to beat your rivals at home. And the Gators were able to do that in baseball this past weekend, taking down the Bulldogs uh, with another series win. Graham, their fifth in a row, and we got some history made from Judd Fabian. And just looking at this team, obviously, they're they're playing the way that you want to be playing heading into this postseason stretch. Yeah, Fabian having those two home runs on Saturday, uh, pretty quickly moved up the rankings there, became the fifth Gator to hit 20 home runs in a season. It's been a great season for Florida. I mean, despite the losses, how can you argue with what you've seen? I mean, you've seen Jack Lefwich resurgence recently. You have seen Jacob Young break the consecutive hitting streak yep. that was I didn't think that would fall this year had been here for 20 years you see multiple teams come in here in the state of Florida FSU Stetson trying to take advantage of this team that won 16 in a row last year before they lost the Knowles I've yep. seen it almost everything this year and as we're going to talk about here in a little bit with Jeff Cardozo I know that he thinks that this team has another gear that they can kick it into as they head into the postseason moving in but Zach honestly like I said I'm just hoping that in a couple of weeks we're going to see 100% capacity so that we can see this team a little bit fired up. I haven't seen that really since the Vanderbilt series dating back, what, six weeks ago now where, where Florida really started having some fun there to take that series against the number two Commodores. If they can get that, if they can get in that groove again heading into the postseason, I, I really like their odds despite having double-digit losses now. Yeah, and you mentioned just the ebbs and flows of this year. I mean, and we'll talk about it with Jeff, but that season opening loss out the gate against Miami and then they lose at home against Fort Atlantic and they lose to Florida State uh there just wasn't uh, that same feel with this team that there was certainly last year with that 16 and 0 start and they they still went through some stumbling blocks in SEC play but the way that they've been able to get some really key uh series victories and then and find a way to find their groove on the road I mean they they went so many weekends without getting a, a a road series win and then now they've done it their last two trips and, and obviously a really big challenge this weekend going to Fayetteville but nonetheless they're where they want to be heading into Hoover and certainly heading into uh, NCAA regional action so we're going to get to this first break when we come back on the other side we'll be joined by Jeff Cardozo to talk about this Florida baseball team in the top 10 matchup this weekend against Arkansas. Welcome back into the Gator Sports Podcast. Zach and Graham here, and we're now joined by the one and only Jeff Cardozo, play-by-play for UF Baseball and many more, former Gators pitcher, 
And uh, he is heading out to Arkansas this weekend for a major matchup between the Razorbacks and the Gators. Jeffrey, how's it going, my friend? Doing great. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe that the, the last weekend of the regular season is here. It's, it's been weird. Like, it, it's been a really long year, but I guess a short year, if that makes any kind of sense. But it's, uh, <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun getting out there. They just opened up to 100% capacity, just like uh, I know the NCAA is probably going to announce that as well for, uh, for the postseason. So they, uh, they call the hogs out there, and it's a, it's a hell of a tough place to go to. No, as you know, and then and then obviously, you know, you mentioned how the season has gone, you know, a lot of ups and downs for this team. But as of late, they've really been playing their best ball, which is Kevin O'Sullivan talked about. Uh, yeah, that's what you want to do. And and Jeff, we had you, you know, on before the season to kind of talk about uh, what was to, what was to come ahead. And the Gators weren't able to get it done against your hated Hurricanes. Uh, you know, they lost that uh, opening series and had some other losses to start the year. What were your initial impressions of this team early on? And just what are your thoughts on how this year has kind of played out since then? Yeah, I was dog cussing them for losing to the Canes, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's been a weird year, Zach and Graham. It's, you know, it's, uh, all those expectations, I think, were because of what last year was. But we never really got to the SEC. So I don't think we knew if Mace or Leftwich would be able to, to pitch against the, the guys in the league like that. I think you saw this year where those guys, you know, they're they're good, but now you've got Leftwich in the bullpen, so they, they've had to move stuff around. But I think the, the biggest part was you had a couple of guys get hurt, and they had Tommy John, so you now lose really two good arms out of the bullpen. So you only have about four or five guys you can trust. So he's had to now figure that out. Who's he going to put on the weekend? So I think that's why you saw a lot of losses, because he's trying a Ben Speck, who was so lights out last year, but he hasn't been able to put it together. And then he gives up a home run with two outs in the 14th inning, and we lose to South Carolina. And Ryan Kabarkas and, and other guys that you just expected more out of the bullpen haven't necessarily given you that. So I think he's at the point now, while Florida's been successful, he's saying, okay, these are the guys I can trust, so that's who I'm going to put in the game. So it was just like a long learning process, you know, maybe similar to like the NCAA basketball tournament. You go through the grind of a year, there's some ups and downs, but if you get hot at the end and you win the tournament, then you win a title. So I'm hoping that's what it's like for this team because to me it's his best job ever. Um, at least, you know, other than winning the national title, because that team wasn't even that special either. But he's done a really good job of contending with the, the injuries, you know, having four or five DHs and trying to figure out where to put them defensively. And then, of course, you know, trying to, to help all the expectations and still kind of navigate through the COVID stuff. So it's been a, been a weird year. But all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about if you go to Arkansas and win a couple games, you could be a top eight national seed again. So it's, it yeah. hasn't been all that bad. And for you, Jeff, I mean, for – What's been kind of the highlight so far this year? And obviously, a lot of people would would point to that series win over Vanderbilt, but certainly also exciting at Florida Ballpark when the Gators were able to beat Ole Miss. Just what do you think of the way that they kind of rebounded from some of those losses? And, and certainly, I think that last one that they got that Sunday uh, at Tennessee was pretty big as well. Yeah, it was big. And, and really, that Tennessee series, Florida could have won all three. But again, he was trying to tinker with some guys. That's when Leftwich was fresh out of the bullpen. And he comes in and throws eight balls in a pretty high leverage situation. And yeah, I don't think Jack was ready for that spot yet. But now he is. And, and we'll see him at the end of game. So if he doesn't do what he did there, maybe Florida wins two, if not three, in, in that weekend. So that's how close that they are. Um, you know, I think just the for me, just being in that ballpark and, and seeing the fans gradually get more and more and anxious to see for regionals, 
and how many more are going to be able to, to be in that place? Because it was, it was just, it's been such a pleasure to get to talk to the fans that now get in there and they have the shade on a Saturday or Sunday. I know you guys have been to the ballpark too, and I'm, I'm sure it's just such a big difference in McKeith. And so I think that's been the highlights and seeing the berms crowd and all the kids that are there and running up and down the hills and, and enjoying things on the field. I think Gold Miss kind of got them going. Old Miss was really good when, when they came in here. They're still really good. Um, but the, the Gators kind of sent them in a little bit of a downward funk, and then they've lost their Friday night starter after that. Uh, but the Gators ended up, you know, winning winning that game. So um, to have it call me late with, uh, with Vandy, too, and, you know, beating those. Man, there was so much trash talking going on in that series. And <laughs> those guys, those guys love to talk. I mean, they, they think their stuff doesn't stink. And it was really cool to, to see Florida humble them a little bit that weekend. You brought up injuries and we know that Mac left midseason working his way back right now. But Nathan Hickey behind home plate kind of been a little bit of a mixed bag there. I know Sullivan said recently that he didn't want to use the term slump. But what are you making of him right now as the season ends and his role moving into the postseason? Um, you know, Hickey is still going to be one of the guys that makes this team go. I, I think he's probably a little tired because Gassetti did get hurt and he's had to catch so much. I mean, there was that one weekend he caught all three games and, and we played him in less than like 24 hours. So I think that's starting to wear on him a, a little bit. It just you, you can just see it in his legs. Like he had four balls at Kentucky and then another one this past weekend against Georgia and you think, oh man, those balls are gone and they, they just get to the warning track. So I just don't know the if wind. he's got enough... Yeah, well, the wind on that one in the Georgia game, certainly. Um, but then you also saw two of the Georgia guys get him out, too. So it's mm-hmm. it's just weird. And maybe he was blowing at the wrong time. But I, just, I think that's part of it. I think he's in a about a two for 28 slump right now. But when when he gets going, because I think he, well, he's too good of a hitter, then that's just going to add another piece. So Florida's winning all that all the games despite him really struggling right now. I mean, you go up to Kentucky and win two out of three there, and he didn't get a hit all weekend. So I think that says a lot. And I think it says that Sully will begin uh, have to, you know, kind of navigate through this and manage, hey, how do I catch him one game? Or maybe I put him at first one game because he's been good over there defensively and, and be able to figure that out. But but he will. Um, I think he's too good of a player to uh, to not. And remember, he's draft eligible, too. So he um, right. he may not even be here next year. And he's technically only a freshman, which is kind of nuts <laughs> to think about. Absolutely. And Jeff, before we talk about this Arkansas series, I want to ask about last weekend and uh, history was made uh, in, in the baseball program by Judd Fabian reaching 20 home homers in the season, only the fifth player in school history that's been able to reach that feat and just incredible what he's been able to do the past three Saturdays in a row. Uh, you know, the way that he's uh, been able to leave the yard at the plate. What would you do if you were having to face Fabian, man, if you were back up on the mound? I'd walk him. <laughs> wouldn't want to face that guy um no i i mean he's done a really good job because and, and and this is a weird number i just now that it's coming out asking the question you know i mentioned 28 bats for for hickey uh fabian went through a point where he in 28 at bats he struck out in 16 of the 28 at bats so he was really struggling that was kind of yeah. the onset of the, he, the sec he, start he, and he had that 0 for 19 slump as well yeah you know so I mean? it, it was but, but I think you give him credit, give the coaching staff credit, because now what he's doing, he's really widened his stance. The swing's not as big with two strikes. He's shortening up. He's using right field, which he's got the pop to be able to do that. Um, it's just, it's such easy power. And I think that's what's so fascinating about him. Like you look at the guy at South Carolina, you look at the guy at Florida State, both with, with 20 homers that kind of tie him right now with the, with the lead in the country. Um, both of those guys are like chubby. 
And <laughs> Fabian's not that at all. He's rock solid. So he's doing this with just generating bat speed. And, you know, Zach, and this is this ballpark is bigger in the gaps, too. So it's much harder to hit homers in this stadium than it is McKeithen Stadium. So I think you got to give him a lot of credit for what he's been able to do this year and certainly figure it out. The, the batting average is almost up to 275 now. I mean, if he can stay hot and he can get it to 300, I mean, he's certainly brought himself right back into the, the middle of that first round conversation as far as a draft pick. Jeff, looking at the Razorbacks, I, I got to be honest, this one kind of surprised me. I'm so used to thinking Vanderbilt, the Mississippis, LSU, Florida, when you talk about the top of the SEC, but it looks like Arkansas has been dominant, just 10 losses this season. What do you make of the matchup that Florida has this weekend? Yeah, you know, Graham, what, what's what's interesting is if you take every head coach or every team that, that Stully has faced in his 14 years here at Florida, the only one that he has a losing record against is Arkansas. Um, they've just they've they've always been good. They should have won it a couple of years ago in Omaha, and you know the, those guys dropped a foul ball and and would have ended the game. And then said Oregon State comes back and wins the that game, and then the next game. So they've always been a really solid program. I think they're that one program that's. You know, just is so good. That it's so weird that they haven't won it. Dave Van Horn has been there for a gazillion years, and they, but they normally stock up like these just horses pitching wise, and that hasn't necessarily been the case this year with their starters. But the guy at the end of the game, I mean, to me, he's he's the SEC pitcher of the year. I mean, throw out rocker, throw out lighter. I mean, this guy is like nine and zero with a whole bunch of saves, and he just wow. comes in and and gets everybody out. It's the ERA is under one. He's pretty special. So I think the key is you have to be able to have the lead late in the game or Arkansas is going to beat you. I mean, this guy's not going to give up any any runs, especially in that atmosphere and that ballpark when they open it up again. So, I mean, that, I think that's what, what it's going to be. There's a couple guys in the middle of that lineup that can that can really hit. Another one, you know, we're talking about Judd Fabian. They've got a guy really similar to Judd. He hit, hits a, he's got 11 or 12 home runs, but a lot of doubles, so a lot of gap power, a lot of pop. But he's you know kind of swung for the fence a lot, strikes out a lot. But he'll be a, he'll be a first round pick as well. So you're going to see a couple of really good position players this weekend as well. Absolutely, Jeff. And and you talked about the significance of this series uh, at the start of the segment. And if the Gators certainly can sweep at Arkansas, that's going to give them an SEC championship. But even if they can go out there and get the series win, just what will that mean for this team, and, and how will that set them up for the postseason? And, and how do you like their chances at this point? Yeah, Arkansas hasn't lost a series all year. So, I mean, to, to be able to do that, and especially with Arkansas, what they have at stake, I mean, if they if they win two out of three, they, they're going to win the league. So it, it means a lot to them. I think that's what makes it even, you know, maybe tougher for Florida, what's on the line and, and that SEC championship there. But again, if the Gators sweep, then they win the SEC probably. So it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, th- I think you have to just play it and take it one game at a time. It's that stupid cliche, but I think that's the way you have to look at it and and see what happens. Go try to win the first one and then go try to win the second one. And if you do and you've done something that nobody else has done before all year, I think then then you have to really look at that resume if you're the committee and say, wow, Florida's gotten right back in this thing. I mean, look at what they've now all of a sudden done on the road. I mean, they were one and seven, I think, on the road to get things started. Now they've won at Kentucky and, and Auburn and some of these other really tough places to play. And then that would factor Arkansas in there too. So if they can do that, I think you'll be at home and the Gators have been so good at home all year. So I certainly love to see it. Although, although the latest projection though, you know, selfishly, we were the 11 seed. So Gators were, and then Notre Dame was the six seed. So that means Florida would go to Notre Dame for the super regional. I never been, 
to uh, to <laughs> South Bend. So I, I wouldn't mind that trip. You got to go see that statue up there. Everyone talks I know. about it. But there's That's a curfew, though. I think it's midnight, so you're going to have to... Oh, that'd be a oh, problem for to, Jeff. Yeah, yeah I'd, have to, I'd have to calm it down. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm hitting the I'm hitting the club the second the game's over tomorrow night. Well, listen, you're not going to be able to hit the club in Fayetteville because there are none. Now, I, I want to know: are, are you going to get like since you're out there playing the Razorbacks, are you going to get like Channing Crowder maybe out there and do some hog wrestling on your spare time? I'm, I might. I mean, that's uh, I mean, there's not much else to do. I think that would be kind of cool. They actually do have a a live hog that they bring to the games and say that I actually caught it and that's how I'll fake it for you. <laughs> and the Lions can't have a live tiger? Come on, that's not fair. We got to get a live alligator around here, man. I'm telling you. And they then, used to. Then, then Bring it back. Then the gators would really only get out alive. That's right. So, <laughs> well, well, Jeff, you made it out alive in this conversation. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. As always, hopefully we'll be talking to you again around Omaha time. And uh, enjoy your trip. Safe travels. Uh, and, and maybe bring back a, an SEC championship or tournament title uh, from Hoover as well. I will do my uh, my very best just for you two. Thanks, guys. Welcome back into the Gator Sports Podcast. Zach and Graham here and really appreciate the time there from Jeff. Good conversation oh, as yeah. always. And Nobody knows that Gators baseball team like him. And, and really, I think if they can go out there, Graham, and, and find a way to at least just win the series, that's going to put them in great shape heading into the tournament and, and just show, I think, that consistent improvement that they want to see continually to get better uh, before they get into the postseason. I know so. we focus so much often around here about what's happening in Gainesville, Florida fans, the stakes for the Gators, but hearing his perspective, you know, because he has to know everything that's going on with the Razorbacks as well, a whole lot for them to play for. I mean, the Gators can't expect to come in here and, oh, we're going to beat the number one team in the country. Even one of these games, if I'm Arkansas, I'm looking to sweep a top 10 team as I head into the postseason, as I head in the SEC tournament, because like I was even saying, and, and he knows way better than I do, no disrespect to Arkansas, but they're just not really the team that you think of when you think of SEC baseball. Vanderbilt's laid that claim. The Tigers have laid that claim. I, I mean, Arkansas has always just been right there, but you always have kind of never expected them to get over the hill. And if they're going to do that now, it's going to be at the expense of the Gators. So a whole lot to watch this weekend. Yeah, and obviously a, a lot of Florida fans looking forward to the NCAA regional this weekend in softball after the Gators were in action in the SEC tournament and got some wins against Mississippi State and Missouri. Some really thrilling games, Graham, and, and I, uh, they show once again the ability to come from behind. Uh, that's just something special about this team. They weren't able to get it done in the championship game against Alabama. But, Graham, they still got to be feeling good heading into this NCAA regional where they'll face USF on Friday at 2 p.m. They haven't lost back-to-back games all season, Zach, and that's been the most impressive thing about this team. They've played over 50 games, and they haven't strung together double back-to-back losses. I mean, that's yeah. incredibly impressive, and if you can take that mentality into the postseason, it's really going to help you out. I think it was last week we were sitting here. I just watched 
the end of that Mississippi State game where Florida rallied. They had to do it again against Missouri, who (laughs) we were sitting here talking as LSU was up there 1-0 in the beginning of the game, that this Florida team would love to have a little bit of revenge on Missouri because that team had beat them 10-2 a couple weeks ago, and the Gators needed a walk-off to beat Missouri 7-6, and and then they just lost to a dominant Crimson Tide team that jumped out to them 3-0 early there in the first inning, and, and Florida tried to rally, actually struck out 10 batters in a row there, but couldn't get any runs on the board. So actually, this USF team, they've got some experience going into Friday. Florida opened their season with a series against USF. You don't really normally see that in softball, but the way it was constructed this year, Florida went down to Tampa for a three-game series rather than playing an invitational. And Florida took the first two games against the Bulls there to open the season. Didn't play the third one. That was postponed and never played. So some experience between these teams as they both look to fight and stay alive in the postseason. Looking forward to it. We were just saying, I'm hoping that we're going to see raised capacity, including 100% capacity this weekend here at KDC Shoal Presley Stadium because another ballpark that we have just, I think, kind of forgotten about how nice that one is. Got an $11 million renovation a few years ago. And not many people have got a chance to go out there and see that one as well recently. I have. I love it. Beautiful. I, I love going to softball games obviously the Gators are always a great team to cover and the games go by you oh know what yeah I mean? I mean, under two hours they're quicker than than basketball games you get man to go out there and enjoy a great crowd a great game usually watch a really talented Florida softball team and so the fact that they get to host once again I know fans are looking forward to it and again like you said hopefully they get to pack that thing and uh definitely want to give a shout out and we'll spend a few minutes now Graham talking about uh, the men's tennis team after the job that they were able to to get done in the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament. They got the win over the University of South Alabama and the University of South Florida and then swept Illinois. And now they're in the Elite Eight. I think by the time some of you guys hear this pod, uh, that result will have already happened on Thursday night. But certainly an impressive run so far from this Gators team. Just dropped one point so far in the NCAA tournament, 12-1 and heading in uh, to this Elite Eight matchup here. Really a huge one for this team. You know, I'm expecting them uh, to, to continue into the Final Four. You look at how they did against Texas A&M earlier in the season, already two wins of Florida's 25 matches have come against the Aggies, so you, now you're facing another team. I know that there's a saying in sports, always tough to beat a team three times in a row, but the way that this team has been playing, give Brian Shelton a whole lot of credit. There's a reason he's the SEC's back-to-back head coach of the year these last two years, and, and he has this team in contention to win the first national championship in program history, kind of like Arkansas. This Gators team has been there time and time again, but has yet to get over the hump. I, I mean, I think that they have a really good chance, not on wood of doing it this year, Zach, but they got to get through the Aggies once again on on Friday. Still got to knock on wood Ooh. twice. I think if the Gators are playing as well as I just sang right there, they'll have a chance to advance. And if they can get to the Final Four, that's going to be exciting. I think that they're going to have Florida fans on the edge of their seat. Anytime you can see a Gators team win their first national title, it's a special moment for the program. And I just think for all Florida fans out there. So, uh, I, you know, I, I really don't follow tennis like that but I definitely have covered some of his matches and recognized the program that they've built and to see them ascending like they have this year and I think this is their chance to really kind of move forward there and have a chance to win it all so we'll be tuning in certainly we'll have your coverage at Gatorsports.com and we will also have coverage of the lacrosse team Graham as they were able to uh, beat Jacksonville and advance to the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament and they'll, they'll be in action on Saturday against Syracuse so Another 
Florida team in contention for an NCAA title. It's, that's pretty much the, the par for the course at UF. Yeah, just like tennis right now, they're competing for a spot in the Final Four. Got to go through Syracuse, though, to do it. Syracuse, the number three seed, defeated Loyola Maryland to set up this matchup with the Gators. The Gators last weekend on Sunday. I heard the roars of that lacrosse game as the Gators were beating down the Dolphins. JU there right next door at Donald Disney Stadium. Florida won that game in commanding fashion, 17-3. I think they were up 11-0 in the first 10 minutes. They have a chance to compete for the national championship. The first one in this program's very short history, only been around for about, what, 2007? So less than 15 years this program's been alive. North Carolina still alive as well. A perennial powerhouse, Boston College, Notre Dame, Duke, and Northwestern. So all the teams you really think about when you think about college lacrosse still alive, and then the Gators as well. So a chance this weekend to advance. they got to get through Syracuse on the road if they want a chance at that national championship, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we're not talking uh, about pretty much any football or basketball in this pod, Graham. I mean, it's it's the other sports that are right now in the in the forefront right now and competing for these titles. So I think that's the, the great part about the offseason with the, the football and basketball programs is even when they stop playing, there's still a lot of other teams to follow and root for if you're a Florida fan. So uh, that's that's the great part about being a Gator. Like they say, this is the everything school and that's kind of proven by the fact that we still get to talk about some of these other teams right now. So definitely shout out to them. Uh, like I said, follow along at Gatorsports.com for all the coverage as they continue to march on and the NCAA tournament for baseball, softball, certainly men's tennis and lacrosse as well. Graham, thanks again for joining me here in studio. It's back to be at the Gainesville Sun with employees. Boom. You no, know, I know, man. Having staff meetings and stuff. And it's it's again part of that normal that we're seeing with fans being able to come back to the stands in full capacity returning so a lot to look forward to and and i'm sure some recruiting and football talk that we'll get to in the coming weeks but that'll do it for this episode for graham hall i'm zach albuford